Hello, and welcome to our new podcast, Experience Points Cuminera. We're an all-queer cast. I'm your baby GM, Kelric, and with me today are my wonderful friends. I'm Jess, and I play Tiona. Hello, I am Aaron, and I play Ryler. Hi, I'm Kenny, and I play Hillian. <laughs> you are nailing this today. This, I love this. We're good. Nailing it. As you all are aware, last time I made one of my first big GM blunders out of several, which is I didn't give the characters a chance to introduce themselves. So today on episode two, we will actually get to meet everyone in a more in-depth fashion. So let's start with Jess. Why don't you introduce us to who Tiuna is and... All right. Uh, Tiuna is a mechanical nano who rides the lightning, which basically means she uses tech and electricity to be a total badass. Uh, she trained with her nano sorcerer mentor for most of her life before her mentor just sent her out into the harsh, unforgiving worlds to learn and practice and take some orders from the Eon priests and just try to figure stuff out. Cool. With all the characters, there are some connections you have, right? Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Do you want me to go through all the connections? We have so many. <laughs> no, just, just do like the highlights. Like, so one you have with Rylu and one you have with Hillian. Okay. One I have with Hillian is a well, Hillian, when when Sister introduces himself, um, will explain his whole deal. Uh, but Tiuna can soothe him when he's in beast form. And then one with Rylu is that Tiuna believes that Rylu is a slying spider jack <laughs> and basically never believes a single thing that they say because she knows that Rylu tends to speak in falsehoods. And so Tiuna is never affected by their words. Falsehoods is a big accusation. Thank you very much. Also not incorrect, so. (laughs) Why don't we get introduced to Rylu? (laughs) Hi. All right, my name is Rylu, and I'm a graceful glaive that speaks with a silver tongue. Basically, they were raised as a merchant in Charminade. Their parents were merchants, they're merchants. So I really picture them as that very charismatic, but not necessarily knowingly manipulative individual. This is just what they've been raised to do. And when they were younger and they were growing up, they found themselves in the performance district where they fell in love with the art of weapons dancing. So they were taken under the wing of a weapons dancer and that's how they started their path of the glaive. Cool. What about your connections? So with Jess, uh, it's more of a connection of fate where Rylu is terrible, oh sorry, with Tiuna, where Rylu is terrible with any electronics. So Tiuna is constantly having to keep Rylu away from any electronics. And then with Hillian, uh, Rylu always knows when that shift is coming, the time of the year. They're very attuned to the time of the year because their performances and the seasons, it's a performance thing. So, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, they're always very aware of that that shape coming in. And that takes us to Kenny slash Hillian. My name is Kenny, and I play Hillian, who is basically, uh, he's this nomadic type uh, woodsman who, you know, forages for food. He has this pet creature that's with him all the time. He is an earnest jack who howls at the moon. So for five days, uh, or for five nights of every month, he turns into this huge beast who is just hungry and violent. For relationships, uh, he can ride the lightning with Tiuna, and Hillian is very overly affected by Rylu's word. I love that connection between 
Tiuna and Hillian that both are just polar opposites to how Rylu affects them. I think that's amazing. All right. That actually lets everyone know who you are in a general sense, which is super exciting. I wish I had thought to do that the first time instead of being so nervous. I was just like, hey, here's the story. Let's go. It's all exposition. If I can get Aaron to do the recap of that, I would be grateful. We finally arrived at Adrawan, a village full of people that have been horribly transformed by the more despicable Numenera. After talking with some villagers, we made our way to the town hall where we met the leader of the village named Edelole. It turned out that a child, Daxim, brought a strange device to the village after gathering wood in a nearby forest. After a heartfelt retelling of the story from Daxim's parents, we went to Ground Zero. My party members, Tiuna and Hillian, performed some Numenera mumbo-jumbo, trying to figure out what happened while I returned to the village to discover our living situation and just how the rest of the village felt about this happening. It is here that you find us. I really want uh, Tiuna's perspective on this because that is <laughs> too... Intros would be so different. Do you have something off the top of your head you can riff off of that, Jess? Because that would be amazing to get to you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Riley left out the part where they gave the entire town false hope and made everyone think that we're going to get this done by like the end of the day and that we'll get everyone back to normal and everything will be perfect again because they're a lying liar all the time. <laughs> hope is never false. Hope is always warranted. We don't even know what we're doing at this point. And there are people running around this town convinced that we're going to fix it in like 30 seconds. Give me a chance. (laughs) Yep, that's a crater. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is why no one believes you, is all I'm saying. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I love this. So, (laughs) where we pick up is Rylu had just secured lodging for the night for all three of you in a an abandoned home in the village. And the two of you, Tina and Hillian, had just finished doing your advanced uh, exploration of ground zero space where everything happened or started. And I believe you all had finished everything you wanted to do there. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah, we, we weren't able to discern much from, you know, the the... Numenera and our investigations. Okay, so are you going to just meet up with Riley at the town center and then go check out your room? I would say that you have had a pretty full day of talking to people, Rylooing them up. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Been working on that one, have you? <laughs> no, it really just came to me. I was super excited when it did that. <laughs> Doing what you need to do. There's, It's probably right about dinner time, late meal time before, you know, y'all want to get some rest or do whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? Do you want to, I understand from recapping with you today that some of you are a little low on certain pools. Do you want to do your first recovery roll for those so that you can, before you rest or how do you want to handle that? Well, if we're settling down for the night, it's if everyone is, because we haven't decided, we wouldn't. Uh, we could do all three of them, but if or all four, I guess. But if we're not settling down for the night, then it'd be a good idea to do at least one or two. If you want to do more interactions with people, that might require. It looks like all of you just use intellect, 
So if you yeah. recover some of your intellect pool before you interact with other people, so you have more stuff to, to spend, you're well do so now. Otherwise, tell me where you want to go and that's what we'll do. Um, yeah, maybe. I'd be down to recover some points before the next thing we do. Yeah, maybe we like take a dinner. I, I don't know where, but we have rations. So maybe we like go check out the new Cheka and have a dinner and rest. When you get into the home, Edalole would make sure that someone brought you something to make sure that you had a meal. I'm, and I'm sure actually that all of these people who are somewhat excited about the idea that y'all will be hearing them would be bringing small tokens of appreciation in the way of rations, food, something. So you, you do not have to worry about food right now because people are super, super excited. Uh, Anytime uh, another person brings something in, Tuna just glares at Rylu. <laughs> See what I've done for us? This is great. These people have hope and we have what we need. It's great. Yeah, what's going to happen when we can't fix this and we get run out of town or murdered? We, we can fix it. If we can't fix it, you think we can go back to the order? I don't. You what? see, yeah. like, Killian, like, taking a huge bite out of, like, this bun that was left there. Like, <laughs> this is some good bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like he, uh, he's definitely like just took a huge bite out of one and is kind of like masticating loudly. I will not do that in the mic. You're welcome. So yeah, and they they tear off a little hunk and be like, here you go, Jacques. You can have a little bit. You know, we haven't had a forage for a little while. I think that's pretty good. And you know, he looks up. We have, we have a nice little roof over our head tonight. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow. Hopefully we can find more information out about this new Monera. These people seem really excited about us being here. See, look how happy he is. <laughs> Tina just continues glaring at Rylu. She's done with this conversation. <laughs> you never trust me. Listen, this is all going to be fine. We have to figure this to go to the order anyway. There's no way that my debt's going to be resolved if we don't do this. Yeah, your debt's not my problem. And my promises aren't yours either. They are if you... you okay, just forget <laughs> it. We have work to do. This is not relevant. Just stop... Slaying around town. <laughs> okay. Did you, so we do, heal up. <laughs> do you want to do <laughs> quick rolls to recover stuff? Are you going to be talking to anyone tonight or are you going to eat and go to bed? I imagine eat and conk out. I think Hillian, after having had like a full bow, like you two were still finishing your conversation and Hillian's already asleep. Like oh, in the corner. To talk to more people. <laughs> I feel like Hillian is our sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can go talk to people without Hillian. That's fine. Hillian can be sleeping. Maybe. How close are we to that day? How close are we to Moon Day? Um. From so, Hillian doesn't know this, but the little egg locator thing that uh, he has it not only locates eggs, but it also kind of gives you a, a indication of when uh, they're going to transform. And you think it's going to be about two weeks from now, so you you have some uh, some breathing room there. Cool, we can leave near that. <laughs> yeah, you are on the second week of the month, in the third day of the... He transforms the second week of the month, you are on the third day of the fourth week of the month. So you have about two yep. and a half weeks. So gotcha. That is the specifics because I believe you're the one who knows when everything happens with him. I thought both of us always knew, but uh, Jess was the one that could calm them because there was like two different links. One of them was two of your friends know when you transform. And so then there was... it's, uh, 
you, um, you two both know that you that I need to kill and eat when in beast form. And oh, okay. Kiuna can soothe me. Oh, okay, gotcha. And I never am aggressive towards her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have listed that I know when he transforms. I just know that that when he is transformed, he needs to kill and eat something. I think you both you both have seen me transform at least twice, and. I don't know if you if you know when I transform, or if you've gleaned that the egg finder is, you know, the thing that does it. I'm not sure though. That's probably something that we would have like as soon as we saw you transform for the first time, and then tried to like talk to you about it, and you just weren't getting it. We would have like paid attention the next time it happened to try to figure out if there were signs. Especially yeah. Rylu, since you're aggressive towards Rylu, but not Tuna. <laughs> Rylu would definitely know. <laughs> and Tuna's just back there, like, egging him on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tuna's like, yeah, kill him, whatever. <laughs> Amazing. Like, oh no. <laughs> so, what are y'all doing? I'm really uh, sleeping. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm going to heal up and then probably go talk to people. All right. Yeah, Tuna wants to heal up and then go talk to Sidred. All right, so do your healing rolls. Let's see what you do. It's um, four d6s. I thought it was just one d6. Oh, is it just one d6? That would make way more sense. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of D&D, so I just... So just let me know what you're doing. Penny, uh, if you're sleeping through the whole night, then you're just automatically up to full, I believe. So is that correct? If you sleep the whole night, you get everything? You're just, your pools are back up to full? I believe that's correct. Um, theoretically, you're supposed to roll the all of the things, but oh. all of your recovery rolls should give you enough. Oh, in this at this point. So yeah, just go ahead and do your rolls and let me know if you get back up to 12. Sure. I mean, you have four rolls, so... <laughs> Is there something you add to recovery rolls, if I remember right? Um, 1d6 plus tier points is oh. what this cheat sheet says. Oh, good. Perfect. Okay. Okay, so where would you like to go? Um, Tiuna wants to go talk to Sidrid, and before she goes, she also wants to update um, the other two, or I guess just Rylu if Hillian's already asleep, mm-hmm. and just let them know kind of like what she's thinking. Okay. Um, so what we found out earlier is that all of the villagers that were transformed look sort of generally the same, um, but only three of them look different. Uh, Edalale, who we've spoken to, the village leader, is green. Uh, Williana, who was Daxum's friend, is red. And then Sidrid is, uh, has like sunburst coloring. And we've spoken to Edalale a little bit, but haven't found a direct connection to Daxum yet. Uh, Williana was Daxum's best friend, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sidrid, we haven't spoken to yet. And so Tiana wants to try to find some sort of connection between... Sidred and Daxum to figure out why these three have different coloring than all the rest. Okay. So, yeah, let's do go talk to first. Uh, Sidred. All right. Sidred is. I guess they're walking back to the town center area after having dinner. They don't appear to have any family. So, just kind of walking around in their own, with their own thoughts, trying to be somewhat social if they see other people, but not not seeking anyone out, sort of walking. So yeah, uh, Tiana will just approach uh, Sidred and greet them. Oh, hello. 
Uh, hi there, you've probably heard about us. And she like glares pointedly at Rileo and says, uh, we're here to try to help figure out what's been going on. And I was wondering if we could ask you a few questions. Do you, do you have a minute? Uh, sure, if you don't mind walking with me, it's, it helps calm my mind before I, I try to sleep. Of course. Who doesn't love walking? Let's, uh, let, yeah, let's go. Where, where do you walk to? When you say that, their cheeks just kind of flutter in, you know, you know how when you smile and your, your mouth quirks up and your cheeks, and their scales just sort of flutter in that area. Just because everything they do, just a little bit more emotive with all these scales. These scales are ridiculously responsive. I, I just go for a walk around the village. You know, it's not very big, but it's... It's comforting to me. And so they just keep walking and, you know, they head past the gathering hall where, you know, several people look out and see you, but they just start whispering to themselves like, you know, like little kids at a dance who don't want to talk to, you know, the people on the other side. And they're just like, oh, did you see them? Yeah, there they are. They're going to fix everything. I don't think they will. They're all liars. Everything's going to be too It's going to be great. No, really. We'll be fine. <laughs> Tuna, you got some friends here. <laughs> Tuna turns around and gives you the most just like intense glare you've ever seen on a person. You get a big old smile in return. <laughs> uh, so listen, I was wondering, uh, I noticed that a lot of people who, you know, in town don't really have the just incredible you know, scale coloring that you do. Do you know what happened that, that yours that like you look so different? No, I'm not a Numenera expert, but they look at themselves and, you know, it's it's just at, you know, the end of sunset. And so there's just a little bit light and it's just really reflecting off of them. And there's is sort of the sunburst pattern. And so it's all these reds and yellows and oranges and golds and stuff. And it, it's really striking. They sort of like flex and it just does a ripple from like their fingertips all the way up to their shoulder and what up to basically their clothes line clothing line and and then it just sort of ripples back down and they're just like i have no idea but daxon was my nephew so maybe okay i don't know were you really close with him like did you see him the the day everything went down uh i was actually in the pens right by him when it happened. I was probably maybe 40 feet away. When I saw that thing explode, I thought we were all gonna die. Interesting. And was, uh, and Williana was nearby too, weren't they? Oh yeah, they had, they had just come in just ahead of Daxum. So they were, they were just down probably yeah, 30, 40 feet away from me, so. Was Edalale nearby as well? I don't remember, but I think that they were speaking to Turl uh, just just by the, the end of the, the pens. And I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing Edalale, but then I, I may try not to see Edalale sometimes, so. <laughs> right. So you saw Williana nearby on the day that it happened? Yeah, they just, they were just returning home, I think, but they just stopped to say hello to, to Turl before 
everything happened. And after that, I don't really remember much because all of this hurt a lot. Um, this is out of character real quick. Was uh, Inetsuka the one who said that they witnessed everything? Um, or it was Taral? It was Inetsuka who built the shrine and saw stuff. I don't know where they were. I don't remember where I said they were when they witnessed stuff, but it, it was Turl that... Uh, Turl may not have been looking. They may have been focused on Liliana. Okay, so th that was just a problem with my notes then, because I had written down that Inetsuka was the one that was near, that like witnessed what happened with Daxum, not Turl. My bad. I believe Inetsuka is the one who witnessed, but I don't believe they were as close as... As, the as, as these other characters were. But they saw what was going on because they were watching Daxum come up. Turl just happened to be outside. Do you understand? Yeah, and it's Suka was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Does that make sense as a difference? Um, that, like, Turl was the closest, but Inetsuka saw it. Right. And okay. It was spending perception to notice their child coming in. Turl was just outside doing, heading to the Anin thing to, I don't know, do some chore. And Williana saw them and stopped and said hello because they're friendly. And oh, so Williana was talking to Turl, not Daxum? Correct. Okay, gotcha. So that was my fault. I was having trouble following who was talking to who. Okay, I'm with you again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably me. No worries. I will take all No, <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. Okay, sure. that, I think I'm with you now. Okay. Okay, so Sidra, do you have any reason to to other than your proximity to sort of the epicenter? Do you have any reason to, or is there anything you can think of for for why you might look different than than anyone else here? Honestly, you know, I I, I wondered about it, but I mean, there's only like four of us who don't have. I mean, I mean, everyone looks slightly different from each other. I mean, it's not like Everyone else's uniform, but ours are, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't, like, I've put some thought, I, I wasn't feeling anything. I wasn't super excited about anything. I was just, you know, kind of working and, and helping out and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, I honestly, I have no idea. I don't understand Numenera and I, we really just, we don't even really keep ciphers here. We try to stay away from this stuff as much as possible. We like a nice, simple existence. And then this happens, and we would like a much more simple existence again. So I, I'm sorry, I can't be much more help to you. I, I honestly don't know. We're, we're really hoping you can answer these questions. And I'm happy to answer whatever questions you have, but this is a little beyond my, my, my abilities. No, yeah, so that's fine. Riley, Riley looks over at Tuna and smiles because Riley is always looking for something to to jibe at Jess or at Tuna for just to have a little fun. And and they're like, yeah, oh, having a Numenera expert around isn't all that it's cracked up to be anyway. They're just so diverse, you know. And she like looks over, or and they like look over. <laughs> Tuna rolls her eyes super hard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in the middle of something, so... Oh, You're no. I, I really appreciate I your help. <laughs> okay. Put Thank you so much for your time. You. Like, it's fine. I'm just going to continue my walk. 
And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate all your help. Have a good rest of your evening. They're they're already like, you know, a few feet away from you. Bye. <laughs> As they walk away, Riley will pull out one of their daggers and just or both their daggers and just start juggling them. Tuna turns to look at Riley and is like, I thought you were supposed to be the charming one. Can you not scare off the people that I'm talking to? Scare off? <laughs> I was charming. I think that they were bothered by all the Numenera talk. Your Numenera talk? Things are going f- This doesn't matter. Just... <laughs> I love this. I love this. <laughs> this is the best co-worker relationship ever. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what else would you like to do? Should we go and Just talk to now? Williana? Um, we should probably wait till morning to talk to Liliana because now it's past sunset and I don't want to be the weird strangers asking to talk to children after nightfall. Okay. So <laughs> if that's what you want, I mean, do you agree? Would would Rilo wait or would Riley be like, eh, it's early enough. I mean, there's still lights on. Does the, I was going to say, does the village look like it's settling? Like, is it done for the night or are there lights on people milling around type of thing? There are lights on some of the the hut spaces. The town center is, you know, emptying out. People are heading home. And, you know, some people are staying together just to offer comfort because they're still not recovered. I mean, five months is just not long enough to re- deal with a trauma like this for a lot of them. And some of them are just wanting to be alone. So... You know, you have a real mixed bag. Like, this is not an unreasonable hour to check in on people if you want to. Waiting till tomorrow morning isn't a bad idea either. Just whatever you want to do. There's still... There's still time. Rylu, I think Rylu would want to go talk a little bit more with Adelole. Like, away from the crowds and the groups and the people and everything. Yeah, that's possible. Are you... Tuna. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask if you were going to talk to Tuna about it or if you're just going to go do. Because I don't know what Rylu's going to do. <laughs> Tuna, I think that Adelole might have more insight than they know. We have to find out if they were near the epicenter of the blast anyway. Do you want to come along? You know, that's the first reasonable thing I've heard you say in a long time. Oh, always <laughs> such a kidder. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tuna will go along to chat with Adelole. Well, um, yeah, you'd find Adelole pretty easily. They stick around the town center until the last person leaves just because they don't want to feel like they've missed anything that is going on. Like they, they very much prize being the leader of this town, even if it's this village, even if it's transformed into what it is. Yeah. You'll see them and they're by just two other people just sort of chatting away. Nothing big. When you walk in, they keep talking, but it's one of those things where their eyes are on you and what you're doing and following you, but they're continuing their conversation as if nothing has changed for everyone else, but it is obvious all of their attention is on you. Like I would say like whichever arm is closest to you, the scales are start are sort of like pointing at you. <laughs> That's where their attention is. Not like straight out, but like just sort of wavering in your direction, like a wind is blowing them towards you. Uh, Rylu will make sure before we approach too much to put away their daggers because they're not trying to intimidate anybody. Um, they I just like to get some crap. About that. <laughs> yep, they like to practice, but they don't want to scare people. And Rylu will approach and um, say, Alola, it's so good to find you here. Uh, we were wondering if we could have a word with you. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, and they turn to the other people and they just sort of shoot them away. Uh, it, we'll, we'll pick this up later. Right now we need to talk about the cure. Go, 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 go. And the two of them immediately are like, right, the cure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And leave. And the cure. <laughs> LLA motions you a little further away so that you're in the same building, but you're at one. You're by one of the, the entryways. Perfect. What can, um, I do? what can I do? So we just got back from talking with Sidrid, and I think we found a commonality. We were wondering, did you happen to be near the the blast point when Daxum got back? Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, I was there. What were you doing there, if you don't mind us asking? It's not super important. We're just trying to find out more about how the new Monera may have worked. Well, I'm in charge of the village, so I check all of the pens to make sure we don't aren't going to have a disaster. They'd make sort of a wide-eyed, ripply scale thing of, well, that didn't really work well for me. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I do my best to make sure everyone is is safe. And I was just doing my rounds around the outside of the village to make sure that nothing nothing bad was going to try and get in or nothing had happened, nothing had fallen apart so much that we needed to, you know, do repairs. And so I saw Daxum running in and I didn't pay much attention because, you know, kids running is what happens. And so I was looking at the fencing and then I heard the commotion when I turned around, Daxum disappeared and then that wind thing hit me and then everything just hurt. It just hurt. And now you're here to fix it. So, yeah. Yeah, we've we've learned so much, and you've all been so helpful. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. I, on a more personal note, uh, perhaps my colleague here has something to ask you, but I was wondering, so I do tend to fancy myself a performer, and I was wondering, do you think the village would benefit at all from a performance? Would it lighten the moods and the spirits? Or is it uh, not quite necessarily the time for that? I was thinking tomorrow at nighttime, after we've done some investigating, uh, just perhaps after dinner time, something to lighten the mood. I'm trying to uh, encourage the people. What? What kind of performance are you talking about? Oh, I'm a weapons dancer. I don't know if that's the kind of thing that you guys are into here. I figured I'd ask. I just want to help make everybody's day a little bit better. If you think you'll be here, that's fine. Sure. I mean... Perfect! If, if it won't take you away from finding the cure, then... You, absolutely. But really, the cure is why you're here. And oh yes, we really need. So that should be our, uh, that should be the focus of what we're doing, right? Right. Oh, of course. It's just after dark, it gets a bit dangerous in these parts. So you know, once everybody is you know settled down for dinner and all that, I thought a little bit of entertainment might help. Well, I mean, if you'd like to do that now, I mean, honestly, the people who are here right now are the ones who are struggling the most with this change. And, you know, if you want to, if you would like to do a performance now, we can see how that goes. But ideally, ideally, you'll be fixing this tomorrow and maybe too busy for entertaining. I mean, really, I, unless you think you can fix this before nightfall tomorrow, then I, I, I really think your time would be better spent. Let's see how tomorrow goes then. Yeah. Do you want to do the performance tonight? Because there are people still here. And I think uh, the saddest of sad people. Like these are sad people. <laughs> are, I, 
comfort-seeking people. <laughs> I think that uh, upon hearing that, Rylu will give a little wink to Tiyuna to be like, all right, you take this over. I'm going to go do my thing. <laughs> Definitely seen that wink before. And uh, Tiyuna's going to, or Rylu is going to start doing their whole performance. You know, gather around people. I'm going to have an incredible show to put on for you. And they start their whole performance. They're always prepared. Okay. And it's a story too. There's a story element. There's a great war that they talk about. And there's a heroic element and a love story. It's It's great. That sounds awesome. Why don't we look at how that would impact on them with a dice roll? Let's do it. If you are attempting to lighten their mood, I'm going to say this is... I'm going to say because you've already offered them some hope that instead of making it intimidating, I will drop it a step down to challenging. Yeah, this is a challenging task. And entertaining, I'm going to say, is a speed-based thing for you, the way you entertain, not intellect. Cool. Because what you're doing is juggling and... um, Actually, let's make it a... Let's make the speed portion, the juggling and everything. Are you doing any complicated tricks or is it just... What are you doing there? Um, So I'm probably doing the performance that I whip out for, like, the common folk you know because here's the thing i actually get paid as a performer in charminade in my headcanon so like there's the stuff that i do on the streets that's fun for tips and it's practice for me and then there's the big show and we're not doing the big show so there's knife juggling i'm taking out the whip and this and the razor ring and i'm spinning it around myself and underneath my feet and that sort of thing okay then I'm going to say that the speed roll isn't even necessary because this is not hard for you. This is stuff you do all the time. The storytelling aspect and the raising of people's spirits is going to be an intimidating roll. So that's a level six. I will let you drop it down to a level five because you've already given them hope. And so they're a little bit more well disposed towards you. What cool. have you got? So I am trained in all social interactions. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I do have... Wait, is that in this character sheet? Do I have performance clothes? I don't have my performance clothes because that was when I was a jack. But I will also spend a point of effort. Okay. That'll bring me down to eight in my current pool. And I think that's really all I have if we're just doing the convincing aspect of things. All right, so that takes it down to demanding, which means you have to roll a nine or better. Okay. Is there anything else I could try to convince you of? Oh, maybe... Yeah, maybe this will help. I'll take out the uh, my little oddity. It's the little pocket band, and I'll open it up in front of me so that way they have like some music to my storytelling. Maybe that'll help lighten the mood. I would give that to you as an asset. Cool, plus one. I like it. Let's do the thing. Yes, 13 plus one will be a 14. Yeah, then, you know, you absolutely distract them for a short time from their abject misery. (laughs) (laughs) And after you're done with your performance, they they all thank you and they head to their, their homes just a little happier. And, you know, when you get 
when you wake up in the morning, you may find, you know, some extra little gifts on your doorstep from these people, which, you know, we can determine what those might be later. Cool. So, and what about Tiuna? What questions do you have for Edalole? I would like to ask Edalole to participate in an experiment. Um, so while Rylu is entertaining the masses, uh, <laughs> Tiuna will take Edalole aside and say, hey, um, I noticed something interesting with with the scales and I was wondering if I could do a short experiment with you. It won't hurt you, I think, but it might feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, basically what I'd like to do, and she explains um, that she can sort of like charge uh, electronics basically with her ability. And when she tried charging the scales, they had a sort of weak reaction. And she's wondering if charging the scales while they're still attached to someone might make them react in a certain way. And if that will help them learn anything about the Numenera. When you start describing this, Edelale just gets more and more agitated as you're talking about it because it sounds like what you're saying is there's a possibility that this could make the transformation go further. Mm. And they're absolutely not interested in that at all. At all. <laughs> Unless you're reversing it, they are not interested. <laughs> and so Edolale does does the whole, you know, scale flutter thing. And then when you're done talking and they're able to put on their politician's face, I I don't feel like I'm the right person for this job. But you know, I think any of Daxum's parents would be absolutely willing to assist with this since the issue originated with with their household. So I think maybe you should talk to one of them or talk to them as a group and see which one of them would be interested. I understand that Turl also has the markings like I do that you're interested in. And so they might be a really good source for this kind of information. Oh, certainly. If uh, if what you're interested in is me potentially endangering one of the people who lives in your village rather than you, the person who's responsible for the safety of your village, then absolutely, it makes perfect sense for me to do this with someone else. And I can just, if it goes poorly, I can let everyone know that you, Adalale, made sure I didn't do this with you and that I instead did it with someone else and put them in danger instead. I would like you to <laughs> roll... Persuasion. Ugh, not gonna work. <laughs> and you don't like Rylu? So, <laughs> the difficulty of this is going to be a challenge, a challenging role. So, a, diff a task difficulty five. So, even trained people often fail because this is a politician you're talking to and you have just called him out on all of his BS. And I believe you have an inability where persuasion is concerned. I do. So that makes it an intimidating role, which means an 18 or better. Would you like to expend some effort? Do you have anything that might change his mind? Uh, I'll buy your lonesome here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is an intellect role, right? It is indeed. Um, Not as easy as the seems, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Your righteous indignation is noted and appreciated, though. <laughs> uh, so I don't have much. Um, I will expend some effort, I suppose. Sure. 
All right, so that drops you back down to a 15, and I've deducted it from your character sheet, so we know. Do you have anything else, or are you just making your roll? Um, well, since I'm doing this as a sort of experiment to try to learn what I can about Numenera, would my like training with Numenera or like my I have a book about Numenera, would any of that this like is help a with social this? interaction specifically? And so this is not about the Numenera. This is about you calling Edalale out about his cowardice and callous treatment <laughs> of another person. This is not about the Numenera. Okay, then I don't think I have anything else that can help. Okay, so 15 or better. What do you got? Could I try to argue that they, uh, that T, uh, Tiuna at least gets an asset because perhaps Edalole is a little bit distracted by my performance, so they're a little off their game? Not even in the slightest. Oh, <laughs> that was a very direct attack on what Edalole was trying to be very smooth about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they ask politicians, any Republican right now, and the Republican's just walking down the hallway and like, I have nothing to say to you. I, yep. I have to get somewhere. Sorry. No. Yeah. That's where we're at. <laughs> okay. It doesn't work. I got a nine. Okay. So Edalale, at that response, their all of their scales flatten onto their skin, like just like almost like armor, like pulls everything tight. And they lean in to talk to you really closely. And they say, listen, you are here to do a job. So do your job. Yeah, it's not like it would help if you made my job easier. You're the one who's right. That's fine. <laughs> get out of here. This is not this is not the place for you right now. Go do what you need to do. I'm gonna go take care of my people here who are in danger and damaged because of what happened. You haven't been here the last five months. You haven't been holding these people together for the last five months. You haven't had to deal with any of this until now. So don't come waltzing in here and judging me on what I'm telling you to do because I have other duties. And then he gets up, you know, just leans back from you, mm -hmm. just walks away, like just, <laughs> just like I'm done with this one and walks over to everyone else <laughs> alright well that's fine <laughs> what would you like to do now um can I interject <laughs> sure I want to say that after a couple of hours I, I, it's been a couple of hours I think since uh, Tuna and Ravain have left the hut okay uh, if you want to say a couple hours it's just after Rylu not Ravain Rylu Rylu my bad yes has finished their performance because I assume the performance was a reasonably long period of time. You had the questioning, so that's about two hours when that's done. Okay, I would say probably you know mid-performance, probably after tense conversation, Hillian starts to sleepwalk. <laughs> uh oh, awesome! Um, so Hillian, they sleepwalk? Huh? Does Jacques follow them when they sleepwalk? I would think so. I think Jacques, you know, is a constant companion with with Hillian. And so Hillian kind of stirs and gets up and starts, you know, making uh, his way th around the, the hut and finds himself to the door and is like, gotta find Jacques, Jacques! And then kind of hits the door open and then finds his way outside and is kind of in the middle of the village looking for Jacques. How are they looking for Jacques? Are they just looking with their eyes? Are they calling out? What are they doing? Yeah, they're um, wandering around. Even though Jacques is probably on his shoulder or like 
closely following behind, um, mm-hmm. you know, scampering behind him. He's calling out for Jacques. He's like, Jacques! Here, little, little guy! Jacques! Jacques! Both yeah. Tiuna and Rylu will hear and see this because, as you recall, when this was pointed out to Rylu, you were at the town center. Okay. And the. And Edelale was like, oh, you can just use that one over there. So you all may not have seen Hillian come out, but you can hear Hillian calling out. Are, are, is Hillian just walking around? What's your speed? Are you like running or what are you doing? Um, I think that uh, Hillian would be, wouldn't be at like full speed. I think that he would be uh, probably just walking and a little disoriented and, you know, just kind of reacting to you know if they see light come off of one of the huts walk towards the light if they hear a loud noise somewhere else turn around and start going towards a loud noise Roll it, uh, it kind of okay that is an eight awesome you walk around behind the house okay <laughs> so um is that away from the the town center uh yes Okay, yep. So, um, Hillian must have heard a noise or something behind the, the hut and started going uh, towards that. It'll be um, towards a, a, a neen pen. Okay. So, they'll um, probably find their way to the neen pen and probably, like, maybe, like, hop over the fence or make their way in. Okay. And what are the other two doing? We can say that uh, this happens right as the story comes to a close. So, Rylu, let's say that their, their final, like, act is... They have the whip wrapped around their ankle and they're like swinging the cisk round. And as that happens, they just grab the whip and snap it down, which brings the blade right into the dirt. And they pick it up, they bow, and then they run off to go get Hillian. <laughs> awesome. Tiuna? Uh, Tiuna doesn't have anyone's eyes on her now that she is completely alienated at all. <laughs> um, so as soon as she hears Hillian calling, she like heads out and is trying not to wake him and is just following to see how she can keep him out of danger. Okay. So it won't take you long to catch up to him. Uh, you basically have one round that you've climbed over the fence. What are you doing in that time before Rylu catches up to you? I'm probably, so Hillian's probably stalking the Anines. Okay. Well, they're very tame. So unless you, uh, outside of your beast form, have some sort of smell of predator about you, I don't know, then they would probably be pretty just calmly, you know, moving away from you, but not like freaking out. Just oh, another person in the pen. If one got, if I got close enough to one, I, I believe Hillian would like, you know, try to wrap his arms around one. And, like, start being like, Oh, Jacques, I am so happy that you are here. All right. So, Anine can be ridden like horses, basically. So, if you if you do that, you're wrapping your arms around one of their legs. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Riley walks in on this scene. I feel like, is this par for course? Is this something hilly and it happens quite a bit? Um, I don't know if it happens regularly. Um... But I, I think that it isn't abnormal. Yeah, Rylu is just gonna sit down and make sure that you're not hurting yourself because Tiuna's definitely better with this sort of thing. But I'm also gonna make sure our sweet summer child doesn't get injured. All right. And Tiuna's just watching things unfold. Um, Tiuna's watching and 
trying to stay close enough that she could dive in if she's needed, but far enough back that she doesn't disturb him. She also has her indestructible scarf ready, uh, sort of like a lasso, so that if she needs to, she can like whip it forward and grab Hillian and drag him out of the way of danger. Okay. All right. So Hillian's hugging on this anine. So now that he's found Jacques, uh, Hillian's going to say... Okay, let's go to sleep now. Come on, Jacques. Let's go back to sleep. And he starts pulling on the anine. All right, let's see if I have anything I could even do about this. I'm like, do a might roll? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, you're not trying to convince. You're just pulling. So, yeah, do a might roll. See if you can get it to go with you. Just make it, I mean, you're not putting any sort of lead on it or anything. So you're trying to pull it by its leg to come with you. So I'm going to say that's challenging. Like, even trained people cannot walk up to a horse and just pull on its leg and say, come with me. (laughs) I mean, that's not how that works. Yeah, it's a target 15. Uh, Can I say that the difficulty on that is one lower because of my ability to uh, have an animal friend? What does have an animal friend do for you? Does it give you any sort of bonuses to animal training? Um, Kind of. Hold on, let me get to Jack... A critter companion. At level one, a creature accompanies you and follows your instructions. This creature is no larger than a large cat. Just because I have that ability, maybe I have a way with animals. I think having a way with animals is actually a an actual trait. Oh, okay. I believe. We can double check it, but for now, sure. I mean, it's... <laughs> sure, you have a, a target 12. Okay. Okay, so uh, Ilium rolls a 10. Okay. So, basically, it sort of flicks its leg and tries to throw you off of itself. (laughs) So, yeah, let's make that a might defense roll for you. Okay. It's not trying super hard, so we'll just make it a demanding uh, target nine. That's an 18. Yeah, so it kicks its leg to throw you off, but, you know, you're just like, how do you respond when it does not kick you off? No, Jacques, it's not playtime, it's sleep time. Come on. <laughs> you can try again. Same difficulty yeah. level. Um, can Tiuna intervene? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would like nothing better. So seeing what's happening and seeing that the Anine has now tried to kick Hillian off, Tuna will like step very slowly forward, just being very careful not to startle the Anine or wake Hillian. Um, and Jackie said is on Hillian's shoulder at this point. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so hopefully Jacques is relatively tame. So Tuna will just sort of kind of like nudge Jacques a little bit and try to get Jacques like in between where Hillian is holding the Anine, just like in Hillian's arms, basically, so that you can feel Jacques in your arms and try okay. to like dislodge you from the Anine. <laughs> Try, like trying to convince your sleep brain that you still have Jacques in your arms, even as you're being dislodged from the Anine. <laughs> cool. Sort of like the Indiana Jones switch. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's. Who wants to do the role? Uh, wants I, to, do you want to do it as a defense thing for you, or do you want to do it as a persuasion thing, Jess? Defense thing for Hillian. <laughs> okay. So let's do that as a uh, perception because you're trying to get a sleeping person to perceive that they have their pet already. Since you have that connection, let's say it starts off as challenging because this person is asleep. 
but because you have the connection to them and soothing them already, that'll take it down to difficult, which is a 12. Do you have Kenny for perception to to help you out? Um, I actually am skilled in perception. So you're trained? Trained, yes. All right, so that drops another step, so that's a nine. Does okay. it also drop it a step that, like, I'm just trying to get him to perceive the thing that is literally in his arm? <laughs> like, I'm not tricking him. <laughs> Um, I think I think leaving it at a 50-50 chance is pretty good considering he's okay. asleep and a little vague of thought anyway. So, That's fair. Yeah, so nine or better on your roll unless you have something else. Not that I can sell. Does right Worst case scenario, I'll shoot him with the sleep inducer if this doesn't work. <laughs> he's already asleep, so... <laughs> No, I don't have anything. I, uh, I had an idea for a different scene, but uh, I don't have anything to, for this one. Okay, so go ahead and make your roll, Kenny. Oh, no. That's a one. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to our GM intrusion. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm going to say that Tiuna tried not to spook the Anine. And <laughs> Hillian did not want to lose Jacques because Hillian may feel like they've lost Jacques too many times in their sleep <laughs> state. So Hillian, I think you clutch onto the leg even tighter, like using all of your strength because you don't want to be separated. Mm-hmm. And that on top of Tuna having walked up and trying to slightly pull you, slightly push this other thing into your hands to get to, get your attention, spooks the anine. And mm-hmm. the anine spooks the rest of the anine, which is another four that are in the pen. <laughs> and they all start to charge around the, the pen. Hillian, why don't you make a speed defense roll at... Since you're holding on, a difficulty task six. Okay. Can I try to maybe help by jumping on the back of the anine and trying to like do do that thing where like it, the, all the other anine are following it and try to calm them all down? You okay, absolutely try. <laughs> so, do you have writing or anything to do with animals in your skill set? Nothing with animals, but I have balance and careful movement for the I fit literal jumping on top of it if I have to roll to get on top of it first, but not for the actual animal part. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be another intimidating check. Normal people almost never succeed because you are going from standing still to trying to get on it. You can drop it a step with your balance thing, so that makes it challenging. Um, does climbing apply? Like, I don't know how tall Anine are, so I figured I'd ask. I think in this case, it's... If you're trying to climb the animal, that's part of riding, and I think you've already expended your ability to use... You can either use climbing or the graceful movement to get onto it, but I don't think both in this case. Okay, because it doesn't... It, yeah, it doesn't matter which one I use either way. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming this is a speed roll. Yeah, it is a speed roll. Um, okay, let's see what else I can do. It's not defense, so that doesn't help. Throw stories at it. Um, 
can I get some rope out of my pack that I have on me to try to use it like a uh, like a to, to steer the the knee? First you have to get on it. Oh, we're just doing to get on it. Okay, I thought we were yeah. doing the whole thing no, at once. Is, you're asking for a multi-step interaction here. <laughs> cool, yeah, that'll work. Riley was going full Clint Eastwood. Let's do it. <laughs> Alright, are you expending effort? Yeah, sure, why not? It's the end of the night. Alright, so that drops you down to 12 speed and a task 12 difficulty. So, roll your dice. Alright, let's see. That's a 14! Hey, you get up on the anine. And Tuna, since you are right there in the middle, I'd like you to make a speed defense roll from being charged at by the anine. All right. So anine specifically, when they are stampeding, have a require a level five speed defense. So Mm. that is challenging. Your target number is 15. Do you have anything to help you out? Let's see. Um, can I do my uh, typical, <laughs> um, use my indestructible scarf to either try to like swing out of the way or sort of like a, uh, what's this, like a bullfighter, you know, like try to get its attention elsewhere or something like that? Well, they're already charging towards you. So you could, if you did the bullfighter thing, you would draw them even closer to you. And it's a pen. So it's not like there's anything high for you to be able to. It's not like there's a tree available like you've had in the past. Does your nano ability of riding the lightning let you move any faster or do anything? Oh, my understanding was that I don't actually get the, like, ride the lightning part until a higher level. Oh, I don't know. So Right right now, it's just that I get, like, cool ele- electric stuff. Okay. So um, what about... Could I do, uh, like, cast some hedge magic and try to just, like, make a bright light that kind of like blinds the anine so that they can't charge directly at me. Sure, you can do that. I would lower lower the step for that. Okay. Uh, Because, yeah, that wouldn't harm them. It would just sort of like distract them. Right. Yeah, I don't think you have anything else that will help in your inventory that I can see. So. Yeah, I don't think so. That's a 12. And just so you're aware, if this is a failed roll, it's six points of damage. Or stampede. Cool. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> uh, ooh, 15. Hey, you <sighs> nice. need to describe how you so deftly get out of the way of this, these five stampeding a need. So as they're like charging right at right at me. Um, I whip off my scarf and cast Hedge Magic on it, so it immediately, like, brights up with light, with, like, bright electricity, um, and that just, like, startles them into just, like, diverting their path just the tiniest bit so that I can dodge out of the way. (laughs) That's excellent. Sure. So that puts you, I would say your dodge actually puts you right up against the edge of the enclosure, so you can scramble up and over next time it, it gets to you. Okay. All right. And Hillian needs to do a defense roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Hillian's just asleep. So he has nothing to add to defense. So it, I think it's going to be the straight up level six. It's level five. Five. Okay. 
That's a 15 or better. That's an 8. Oh. Right. So Hillian is like holding on to the leg, mm-hmm. I imagine. And yeah, so yeah, Hillian was holding on to the leg. And I, I think that they probably get like bucked forward, like off the leg and uh, thrown kind of across the pin. Yeah. And then probably trampled after that. So this will do six points of damage. And you were doing a speed defense. So yeah. I'm going to say it comes out of your speed pool. Okay. And now, Rylu, what was your next step? Um, I'm going to... So again, I don't know if this works in real life, but I've seen it in movies. I didn't grow up on a ranch. Um, I'm assuming that one of the Anine is following, like, there's a lead to this stampede. Typically, And yeah. so I'm hoping I can... I'm on the front one, or at least I can make my Anine the front one, and kind of like get my ending in the front and then slow my ending down so the rest of them following it slow down yeah that seems fine cool i want to do that <laughs> okay let's that's gonna be a might roll to be able to guide them and steer them because they are in full panic mode and that's going to be a strength based fight and cool and Nien are pretty strong so let's make that a challenging might roll. Okay. Well, I don't have any skills in might. You can expend effort. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. And then I mentioned last time I have a rope. Can I use, like, the rope to steer them? Because otherwise I'm just guiding them with my hands, so, like, maybe that'll help me. How are you going to... Because you've just jumped up, you're holding on, you have mm. rope. How are you going to use that rope to get it into a place where you can steer them. So I'm just illustrating the complexity of the task you're asking to do. So Mm -hmm. get to the proper challenge rating for you to do this. So the way I'm picturing it, the stampedes, the stampede started and um, Rylu was sitting there and they saw this whole thing starting and they get up and they jumped up onto one of the Anine and they're kind of because in my opinion, they're like super graceful, though I don't know if that's actually the reality. They're kind of balancing with like two feet, because I don't know how wide a knee are, but they're kind of balancing with their two feet and they have one hand on the back and they like reach into their pack and grab out the rope and like sling it around the neck. So that way they can kind of control it like, um, uh, yeah, that's what they're called. All right, I'm 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 willing to be convinced otherwise, but I feel like getting on the anine and then slinging the reins and getting them into place, like you actually have to get the reins either around their their face or if there's a bit portion in their mouth to pull on <laughs> to, yeah. to be able to control. So I feel like that's two separate things between getting it on and doing the might roll to actually succeed at doing something. But if you, if any of you can convince me that this, this could be done as one fluid motion, I'm willing to entertain the idea. Like, do you have um, a cipher that would increase your ability to do something? What do you got? Oh, uh, no. I mean, all I got is a sleep inducer and an instant shelter, and neither of those are going to help. I just, uh, yep. I, I, I know Anine are tall, so I'm not sure, but I figured they could, like, grab the rope out in a loop and just kind of throw it over. But I'm also not too worried. I feel like I can I can make that 12. I'm rolling, rolling good tonight or today. Yeah, I'm going to say that you can either get the rope on, because I'm looking at the picture, and it's a pretty hump complicated, like, creature 
hackamore to get on their head to be able to guide them. Like it's it's like multiple multiple stage thing. It's crazy. So you can either get that on this round and then next round do the might roll, or you can just do the might roll. Let's just do the might roll. I don't want to be here too long in the uh, a in the encounter, but also be in the uh, in actual pen. People are gonna start showing up eventually. Yeah. So nineteen. Awesome. 19, you even get minor effect, I believe. Ooh. So not only do you take control of this beast, what else do you do? Cool. And you can just end it here. Yeah, let's just uh, end it here. And maybe like we I, we managed to end it so fast that there wasn't a lot of, they weren't like bleeding. I'm sure the stampeding made noise, but they weren't like making a lot of noise. Sure. Um, yeah, you reacted so quickly that they really only had time to start charging at Tiuna and throw Hillian off before you calmed the the lead Anine and you know got them to just stop. So they're in the center of the pen with you on top of the lead Anine, all of them just panting heavily, but and kind of quivering with energy, like they're like, what are we gonna do? And you're there just holding them in place and calming them. I am the Alpha Anine. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, that's done. I, I th what about Hillian? Yeah, I, at this point, I think Hillian kind of wakes up enough to like feel Jacques on him. It's like, oh, there's Jacques. So I think, you know, Hillian comes to and um, like feels Jacques on him. And so he picks up Jacques and it's like, oh, there you are, little guy. Oh, I'm so happy that I found you. Oh. Yeah, I guess you wanted to go for a little walkabout, didn't you? Hey, how? Are, wh why? Why are you all out here? Well, it, you know it's kind of late, right? I, I, I think we should go to bed. I think Tuna definitely takes over here because Tuna is the <laughs> Hillian handler. Well, and your hands yeah. are full. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tuna is just like tries to be very comforting and soothing, and is like, "Yes, you're you're absolutely right. It's time for bed. Let's head back in." Everything's fine. This is a completely normal encounter. <laughs> Nothing strange happened at all. Good job, everyone. Let's 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 take it in. And that's <laughs> where we're ending the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You made it into sleeping time. <laughs> as always, thank you for listening to our brand new podcast. We hope you're having as much fun as we are trying to figure our way through. I'm Kelrick. You can find me at EQ Points or at Cormalon on Twitter. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WriteJessR. I'm Aaron. You can find me at Space Persona on Twitter. And I'm Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. Thanks and bye. Bye. Bye, y'all.